0: Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 428 of Longbox Heroes. I'm Todd, joined with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe?
1: I'm doing good, Todd. Got it all out of my system.
0: That's what I like. I like when you just... You know, clear clean the carburetor of your life, oh,
2: Joe.
1: Not
0: the alternator of my life? Oh no, you gotta alternate things. hmm See what I did there? I did. Thankfully.
1: Well,
0: yes. I'll point it out if you don't. That's one of my sticks. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm.
1: What do we got on the show this week, Todd?
0: Hey Joe. Do you know the story of how Captain America was found in the ice? Uh yeah, they moved the potatoes and he was right there. Uh, no, you don't. You don't know. Do you know how the Fantastic Four got their powers? Uh, yeah, they uh went up in a fancy rocket and they got
1: bombarded with cosmic rays.
0: No, you don't. You don't know the story. And you know how Spider-Man Gone Forever that storyline? You know all about that one, right?
1: No, that one actually blocked out. So I. Oh, uh,
0: okay. No, you don't know all those stories. Marvel changing all the histories. And while Marvel's changing all the histories, DC's canceling stories oh. about their histories <laughs> and also other things that make Joe very, very happy. Um, also, we have uh, free digital books and sales, con news, what we read last week, which was uh, Immortal Hulk number 10 and Doomsday Clock number 8. What we're looking forward to this week, I think we have an art attack or two, maybe some football talk, and at the end we're going to have very spoiler-filled talk of uh, Flash from last week, not this week, I know, the Magic 8-Ball says we weren't going to, also uh, Doctor Who, the final episode of the season, except for the New Year's Eve episode, and Legends of Tomorrow talk from this week, so... The Can't mid-season wait to get to
1: finale of Legends of Tomorrow, I think that yes,
0: is. Yes, mid-season where they
1: blew the budget. Did, uh, we'll save that for later. Okay. <laughs> so, let's get into the DC stuff first, because I, I feel as though you've got to be in your proverbial bonnet about the Marvel thing. Uh, to no surprise, n- to make up for the weeks where Batman Year One and Dark Knight Returns were not on sale digitally... DC has to continue the new news streak, which is canceling more and more solicited trades. Now, granted, one uh was the what is it, some Adam Strange Silver Age collection? Yes. Which okay, is fine. That sounds about as niche as niche gets. Mm-hmm. Not nichey the uh philosopher but Nietzsche, you know what I mean? You follow what I'm See, saying?
0: Yeah, I thought it was like forcing all your life energy through your knee. It's your Nietzsche.
1: Nope. Okay. But the other one is in classic DC fashion, <laughs> trade number 2 of Sleeper the Ed Brubaker Sean Phillips book. Now Maybe it's me. I don't know. I'd (laughs) like to have Ed Brewmaker Sean Phillips stuff in my library of collection. If I'm Marvel or DC or Image, who just recently signed those guys to like a five-year deal to exclusively do new stuff for them, and they're like big stuff right now, nah. let's not give them any more money. What? I think you are right when you had postulated here a few weeks ago saying that the reason that DC is doing this is as to not pay creators that they may be on the outs with
0: happens all the time, man. Sometimes when things are too big, you have to, you have to do it. Like, you know, when you have a movie coming out or whatever like that, and you want to get the good stories out there, but what's sleeper? Like as much as I love Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, like that's not, that wasn't a money book at DC. I mean, I know you got the Ed, the Ed Brubaker name on it, but they're like, eh, it's not Flash at Flash's height or Superman at Superman's height. So why pay, why pay them the money and promote those guys who won't work for us? Right. I'm telling and you, it's, it's the truth.
1: I'm starting to come around to see that that's maybe the reason why stuff like this is happening, but it mm-hmm. still doesn't stop it from being frustrating of, of like, you solicit the book. It's the second or third or fourth or fifth in a series. And we're just going to cancel the solicitations over alleged low orders, truthful pettiness. What? Now, so- as, as someone who's been holding on to a grudge coming up on 10 years plus. <laughs> <laughs> like it I, had I, handles. I appreciate the pettiness. Mm-hmm. However, uh, it's no less frustrating uh, to me. Right, And I, already I own these books. I own Sleeper in single issues, you know? Because right. why did I buy it? Because Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips were doing something at Image. And I'm like, I want everything that they did. There mm-hmm. was a time where I had that not only disposable income, but disposable time in my life. That I could what? go and buy multiple issues of a book that came out several years ago and read it at my leisure.
0: Well, the way I look at it is you need to find more time to, to see Spider-Man, see Aquaman, get an IHOP dinner. You got so much on your plate lately. Right. Um, but yeah.
1: I hope there are pancakes I, I, on my plate eventually. Yep.
0: I laugh because, you know, like, like we've talked, I get when you have, you know, this, this creator's run of a long book, like just like say Mark Wade on flash or any like Peter David on Aquaman or whatever. And you go, all right, you get a bunch of the first ones, but even it didn't sell in print form at the end. So they'll Peter out on trades, no pun intended on the Peter David one, but like, you know, like, so there's a hundred issues of, uh, of Jeff Johns flash and maybe the end wasn't as great as the beginning so we don't get to all of them but at least we get the, the classic most of the run but when you have a book like sleeper which is only 12 issues mm-hmm. and you've done the first six just follow through and get those last six out like like how hard is it I, I, I don't know I right, just, Instead I,
1: of giving I, it a full page in previews maybe give it like the third page.
0: Right, give it like the – the just the, the little corner down in the – see on third page following.
1: <laughs> right, or let's say five years from now after uh, Brubaker and Phillips's deal with Image is done, they come back to D.C. How come you guys don't have any of our stuff in print? Well, we were mad at you five years ago, so we canceled solicitations on a bunch of your stuff. We could give them half of collections of stuff that you did, or thirds of collections of stuff that you did. We'll resolicit all that stuff again and get it back out there. Don't you worry. Unless something happens, and then we'll cancel those again on
0: you. Maybe Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips don't know about Sleeper. Maybe they forgot.
1: Uh I think Ed Brubaker's the type of guy that kind of keeps track of what of his wheelings and dealings. Just call what
0: I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. I think he's going to be like, wait a minute. I was listening to long box heroes this week and they canceled the second half of my sleeper trade. I didn't even know a sleeper was still being traded. Thank you. Long box heroes. Thank you. Ed If you're
1: listening, send me an email three guys from nowhere (laughs) at gmail.com
0: or anybody else who's listening.
1: I just want to chat.
0: You do like to chat.
1: So so I think a little bit more of a high-profile, not cancellation or unsolicitation or whatever it is, of previous material, but this is cancellation of actually what was supposed to be one of the big linchpins of uh, the DC Black Label stuff. Mm-hmm. which was the other history of the DC Universe. It got the full-page cover and previews when it gets solicited. Uh, You know, I think it was going to be in the fancy, oversized style like Batman Damned was. Uh They got John Ridley, who won an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay for 12 Years a Slave a couple years ago. And then just all of a sudden, retailers are notified that uh the solicitations for Issue 2 were missing. And that same week, all the solicitations and orders for issue one are gone and no new date provided. And nobody's talking on this one.
0: I think it's it's going to come out later. I don't think this will be something that will be thrown away. I'm wondering if it has to do – like, these are just speculations on my point, on my part where, you know, Doomsday Clock is late and uh, – uh, Heroes in Crisis, we don't know how that's gonna go because they, they added those two buffer issues that were specials in there. It just seems like DC's starting to fall off the track with their big event books, the same way Marvel does occasionally. And I'm wondering if this secret history has to fall in somewhere with these other books, you know? I, like, it just seems like maybe it has something to do with the timing being off on all these books, that it's like, ah, oh, let's push this back because things are getting out of control. That's my
1: speculation, I definitely think uh as you're saying it's late it, it's lateness. I'm not saying the book is late, but if we the comic book consuming folks have learned nothing when dealing with Hollywood folks that come to the world of comics because comics are hot, mm-hmm. sometimes you get it's fun to get that announcement out there and get that first issue out there and then. Sometimes that second issue just never comes. What are you saying?
0: Kevin Smith hasn't finished some stories?
1: Well, see, You we joke about Kevin Smith. Do you remember the John Favreau Iron Man Viva Las Vegas storyline that never got finished? I do. Do you remember the uh, uh, Damon Lindelof Hulk Wolverine story that it took two and a half years for the last issue of it to come out?
0: Sure, it started during the writer's strike. And then when the writer's (laughs) strike was over, it started getting late. Right.
1: So I can only imagine that one side or the other, either Ridley or DC, said, "Uh, How's this coming along? Uh, We think we're going to hit these deadlines? And somebody said, Nope. So they're like, Okay. We're not going to cancel this. You do what you got to do. Oscar season upon us. I'm sure you got something cooking. When the book's done, it was solicited as five issues. Maybe it doesn't end up being five issues. Maybe it only ends up being three. Or maybe we just put it out as an original graphic novel instead of a five-issue miniseries. You contact us when it's all done. hmm Script, pencils, everything. Then we'll resolicit it. Now, granted, that's that... what DC should have done in the first place. But I can't fault him for that. I'm just thinking because no one's come out publicly bashing either side that this is not a bad thing going on. Mhm.
0: Were you going to get it?
1: I was probably going to wait for the trade.
0: You trade waiter you?
1: I am. Usually these days mini series is is I get in the trades cuz they fit in weird places in my uh, collection.
0: Ah. That's why you're waiting on old man
2: Hawkeye?
1: <laughs> yes.
2: To make this stuff up
1: So, uh, the other bit of news that Todd teased there at the beginning (laughs) is, uh, Marvel put out a bunch of press releases, teaser images, I don't know what you want to call them, essentially telling us that everything we knew about the Marvel, uh, history is wrong. Now, I don't know if this is going to start in March, Uh, If this is going to be teased for March, because that's coming out a month before the Jason Aaron deal. Right. And I get what they're trying to do again. You know, these are some splashy headlines. Do you think they're really like, okay? They're not changing nobody's origin.
0: What? It said so right in the thing.
1: Right. There's no way they're changing multiple people's origins so is this their way of doing the what-ifs as a bigger deal
0: no i think this is actually them either attempting to change something or like doing something that will change the origin story but will add to the origin story it's like this happened while nobody was looking. You know what I mean? Like somebody literally I, I don't remember where I read it was like, Who found Captain America in the ice? It's gonna be like, all right, the Avengers found Captain America in the ice. But like somebody'll do a dumb little story where Captain America's in the ice, uh someone finds him, wakes him up, goes, You have to do this, and then puts him back in the ice. Do you know do you know what I'm trying to say? And then the Avengers find him. So there was a there it's like Avengers I think 4 is where he gets found. So it's like Avengers 3.5. That story happens. And then, hey, Cap's found. That's the only thing I can think of.
1: We're spitballing things here. I saw somebody on Twitter mention that this could be like the precursor to some big Thanos event. Mm -hmm. Where Thanos used the reality stone, not Mm -hmm. gem, stone,
2: to change
1: all these things for some reason. What if this is the debut of a new character, like Sentry, or possibly the return of an old character, like Access, where it's this one tying thread person of, okay, yes, we're not changing... The origin of the Avengers. And we're not changing the origin of the Dark Phoenix. And we're not changing these origins. But we're going to show you that there's always been this one guy or gal who has been there to make sure that these events do happen.
0: Kind of like a Legends of Tomorrow team keeping the time stream right.
1: All right. Wait, wait, wait. But it's not a team, you want to do a team, sure, but I'm thinking... It's I gotta,
0: just did that exactly, Like, but yeah, go ahead.
1: But it's it's got to be, like, one guy or gal who is the keeper of not so much the timeline, but there's a reason that he is making sure that all of these events happen, and we, as the readers of the books, and of course the people in the Marvel Universe, all just thought it was a bunch of dumb luck that these things happen. And I think they've actually done that as a miniseries before. Like, was it just... Was it Kurt Busick's follow-up to Marvel's? It might have been. I don't... I remember... That I can't that he, remember the name of. What? You can't remember the thing that probably wasn't as good? It definitely wasn't as good. Right. But it was one of those things where it was a Ben Urich or a Ben Urich type who is addressing and investigating all of the origins in the Marvel Universe and sees that there's a tie that threads them together. And the closer he gets to that tie, the more danger he finds himself in. Or some nonsense like that.
2: Mm-hmm. And then at the
1: end of the thing, it just turns out that it is all just a bunch of coincidences. And whoever this person was or this group is, they are making sure that people don't try to tie everything together. To make sure that people think that these random coincidences are are actual random coincidences because they are not to make them think that these random coincidences are part of some greater plan. I feel as though this is them doing the storyline where all these random coincidences are part of a greater plan of someone or something.
0: It was Marvel's eye of the camera. There you go. Right. Um now I have to give big shout outs to listener of the show and uh, on Twitter some. Yes. Um, he threw out, this time, Marvel's thought of a better beginning instead of a better ending. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's funny. I'm, I'm, that's the shout-out. Now if they could just figure out how to get less issues and a better beginning, we have all these new histories. Um, I don't know. The the one thing that kind of kind of just bugged me about this and – I'm more, uh, I'll I'll forgive Marvel the way, you know, you don't get checks from them the way I do. Right. Um, where I'm like, okay, I, I think, you know, some people pick on them too much. But when they're pushing all this... And one of my big pet peeves, as much as I love the storyline was that, uh, Hickman Secret Wars story. Yeah. Um, when it was all over, when it was all over, remember they had destroyed the multiverse and there was only the one Marvel universe and there was no more and you know, there was no 616. This was going to change everything. And then literally like within a month, it was like, hi, I'm the Gwenpool from, you know, this other universe and this universe and that universe. And, you know, the Fantastic Four is out there creating multiverses. And I'm like, wow, that's stuck for a long time. You know, like, and I, and I do have a feeling with this that as much as they're hyping it, you know, I'm coming around to the, this isn't going to change anything. It's not going to be whatever it is. And even if it does in in six months, I won't care. Less than that. So I don't know. It just seems I, I just have that Secret Wars thing stuck in my head. and. Uh. Nothing's ever going to change. Nothing's permanent except for Uncle Ben being dead. And that's only till you know, they bring him back.
1: Remember when it was Bucky as well? The only people who stayed dead are Bucky and Uncle Ben?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Now it's just Uncle Ben.
1: Yeah. So anyway, that's the news. Uh, Light week on conventions, actually. Uh, The Brandon Comic Con in Brandon, Florida. Chuck Dixon's going to be there. Mm-hmm.
0: They should have had a Brandon Routh.
1: Mm-hmm. Only people named Brandon. Brandon Routh. Uh, that's all I can think of right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Marlon Brandon.
1: Mar- right. And see, that's anyone else. I was like, Brandon Lee? No, he's been dead for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to think who else. But, uh, link to that will be in the show notes. As will links to soon-to-be-named network.com at soon-to-be-named where you can find this and all the other shows in our little network of shows- uh whether it be Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh Wrestling or uh Wrestling on the Edge of Tomorrow, Podvocacy, Puzzle Warriors three, Profane Arguments, or anytime any of us folks show up on any other shows. I know David from Podvocacy just appeared on the Clerks Minute, uh discussing uh two minutes I think from Clerks Two. I think they do two minutes at a time since it's the sequel. Uh, but all of that stuff, anytime anybody appears on any other shows, and they remind me, and I'm awake, and uh, Tumblr's <laughs> not giving me troubles, which you can listen to After Dark for all of my recent technical woes, Longbox here, or soon-to-be-named-network.com, soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com, and I always forget to mention, because it's too new, is uh, At Odds With Wrestling.
0: It's never too new.
1: I think this week we'll be talking about the most recent episode of the Edge and Christian show on the award-winning World Wrestling Entertainment Network, as well as the Chikara season finale, I think. Adam claimed he was going to watch it. We'll see if he actually did.
0: What? I don't know. He probably did. He's a man of his word. Is he? Yes.
1: I don't want to steal your thunder, so moving on.
2: (laughs) Digital sales
1: and freebies. Uh, some of the holdovers from the last week or so, uh, Vertigo has a bunch of stuff still on sale, Aquaman still has a big giant sale going on, uh, there's two different Spider-Man sales, one is spider man start here, so it's like all origin stories and stuff like that, which you shouldn't even buy anyway, because by March they're all gonna be changed anyway, uh, a bunch of Miles Morales stuff, since Miles Morales is the focal point of the upcoming Spider-Man into the Spider-Man, into the Spider-Verse. Uh, animated feature that's coming out in theaters this weekend, which I'll be going to, thankfully. Uh, IDW has a bunch of sales on Transformers stuff. Uh, Batman stuff is on sale. And of course, repeat along with me, Dark Knight Returns, Batman <laughs> Year One, of course. And I like when Comicsology does this. They don't do this as often as I would like, but they're having a sale on a creator, They're having a sale on Sam Humphrey's stuff. Uh, And they have a mix of Sam Humphrey's uh, stuff from Boom, stuff from Image, stuff from Marvel, and there's quite the collection of stuff that he's done there. Some really good stuff that kind of went under the radar, I think, uh, during the aforementioned Secret War. They did a Planet Hulk miniseries that he did that was really good. He was doing the Star-Lord uh series ongoing for a little bit that was really good he had taken over uncanny x-force for a little bit and that was really good but yeah again he's got a lot of stuff and again it this is a sale that's not spread out by like here's just his marvel stuff and here's this it's just like here's a creator here's all the stuff we have in his catalog it's all on sale and i think that's something that they should do comiXology pronouns pal should do more often
0: Mm Mm-hmm. i agree
1: And some of the freebies, some of the new freebies that have been added, have been from the Marvel side. We have the following. We have Rise of the Black Panther, which is the most recent uh, iteration of the Black Panther. Like It was the miniseries that launched the Tannishe Coates ongoing Black Panther. Mm -hmm. So this is less than a year old. They have the first issue of the J. Michael Straczynski Thor run. They have the first issue of the Matt Fraction Iron Man run. And they have the first issue of the aforementioned Ed Brubaker Captain America run. Right. For free, that Captain America book, and again, it's the cat's out of the bag. It's not like it's some sort of big secret. But that was, that first issue, was the return of Bucky as the Winter Soldier. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was one of those things when... You forget when that first came out. Like, Brubaker, I think that was maybe, like, his first high-profile thing he did at Marvel. And here he is in his first issue. He is essentially defiling one of the two sacred cows, if you will, at Marvel, which is Uncle Ben stays dead forever and the Winter Soldier, or Bucky, stays dead forever.
0: And now he's got his own book.
1: Right, he's had multiple books. He's had his own movie named after him.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So, again, all the, the links to that will be in all the show notes.
0: Yet yeah, you can't get a second trade of Sleeper.
1: Nope. <laughs> you could borrow my single issues if you'd like.
0: <sighs> okay, I'm coming over right Just now. Just
1: send me an email, threeguysfromnowhere at gmail.com. <laughs> I'll, mail, I'll it, mail you my single issues of Sleeper.
0: Put in a request in right. triplicate.
1: So nope, somebody has those out at the, the uh, Sposto Library. mm. So let's get into what we read from this past week, sir.
0: Would you like me to start? Because you've talked so much, Mr. Sposto. I'm going to start with Doomsday Clock number eight, which I just need to know really quick before we go any further. Which cover did you get? The Marionette, uh, Dr. Manhattan, and Superman, or the Bubastis cover?
1: I got the Bubastis cover.
0: I got the marionette cover, um, though the boobasta cover is so cute. But uh basically, this starts out with Lois Lane complaining that someone has been uh, fiddling with her desk uh, while uh, this is going on. We get word that because of the uh, superhero project that they said, you know, the government, American government's creating superheroes and Russia was blaming a bunch of heroes that were created. uh They were created by the government. Firestorm goes off to a huff and starts fighting in Moscow, fighting with all the classic uh Russian uh, you know heroes that they have over there like Posar and and negative uh women Pozar. From, yeah poser <laughs> that's his name don't you know
1: that I do but it's still funny just to hear it said aloud
0: right I think it's Pozar instead of Poozer but uh he's there so he's he he's fighting them and something goes horribly wrong and a bunch of people are transformed into glass and superman has to go uh, investigate this while we're uh doing that lois finds out that someone left a flash drive on her desk and we're getting information about the justice society of america and you know superman goes to find firestorm he tr- he goes to can-, can is it kandahar or kandahar i've
1: it, it it's a uh, Canada hack, I think.
0: Yeah, I don't know how to say that name. Like, uh it's more than one Q. Right, where Black Adam rules, and we're finding out that he's bringing in, you know, anybody who wants to stay, including supervillains or people who are being persecuted by the uh, Russian government for having powers. So, Superman goes off, finds Firestorm trying to fix what he did, and he's like, "Well, let's go." to russia and we're going to show him that you can you can help because he actually does something to help and by going he makes the biggest mistake of going to moscow to show that they that he can help but firestorm's a a villain there because of what he did and all heck just breaks loose like i love the fact that at this point batman's like what you're doing is going to make this worse, and even Lois Lane washings like, this is going to be terrible. And something happens at the end uh, that we're not 100% sure of. But they have uh, like the little snippets at the back of newspapers to tell us kind of maybe Superman's gone. Um, I really enjoyed this issue. I like the fact that at times, like they displayed that Superman is a be like is one of the few fully trusted characters you know in the dc universe um once again though i just think that this book is hurt by the fact that it's so late and we have two months between books and you have to remember what's going on i think this would, uh, will read better as a whole and we still have four issues to see where it goes but uh i just wish this book was coming out on time
1: my review for this is this was a great first issue too bad it's issue eight You think
0: this is where it should have started? 100%.
1: If you have been on the fence about Doomsday Clock, get issue 8. Don't worry about the previous seven issues. It's a bunch of stuff that might come into play a little bit later on. Mm -hmm. But this felt like if this was issue 1, and then we got all that backstory stuff with some smattering of stuff between, Mm -hmm. as opposed to all this backstory, all the mystery of who Rorschach is, all this other stuff. And then now this comes up and we literally get Ozymandias on what? One page in this?
0: Two. The beginning and the end.
1: Okay. If this was issue one, people would be talking about this. Right. This is issue eight. I think people are not as excited about the prospect of this book being a thing.
0: I agree. The only thing I have to say is there was that one with the origin of the new Rorschach. Where he goes back and he's in the asylum with Mothman and everything. That was one of them that that wasn't a Doomsday Clocka issue. That to me s- skewed more actual, you know, uh, Watchmen. Like because you had in the watch the, the whole book was portrayed in the Watchmen universe and it felt interesting to see you know the original insane uh, mothman who went off to the asylum and everything i really love that issue but i get what you're saying this is this is padded out and i want to see how it's going to be after the four and if everything is important because we keep forgetting um and there is like we have the 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 movie that keeps playing in the background that has some importance to the story that will probably have some importance to the story. The way the pirate story had importance, mm-hmm. if we you hope. remember, we hope. But it's been forever since we've seen that. I just think Jeff Johns is. I know this is going to sound shocking. Isn't pulling doing as well as uh, Alan Moore did with Watchmen? I mean, it's a high bar to cross. And you know me, I'm all, you know, I'm in Jeff Johns' corner. I think 90% of the stuff that he's done is amazing. I think there is some schlock and there's some garbage, a little bit of garbage. But with all the positive stuff that I say about Jeff Johns, I just have to tweak one thing and give him a little, like, you know, negative, you know, stuff. Is I hate the way he keeps doing nods to Donner's Superman. And I get it. That's where he got his start. He worked under Richard Donner, and he's his buddy, and he loves the Donner Superman. But there are times when he does two – I don't like the Donner Superman now. For what it was in 1970, whatever, okay, maybe. But I think that time has come and gone. And people who just try to bring back that, I'm like, let it go. Just let it go. I understand you worked under him, so I kind of give you a little bit of forgiveness. But I just wish the Donner Superman would go away. That's that's my my take on it.
1: I'm okay with the Donner Superman stuff existing, but Johns has tried this with Superman dozens of times, mm-hmm. and it's never really stuck. But it doesn't stop him from trying.
0: But I just mean in current continuity of like trying to get Superman Donner now. I yeah, don't care. Yeah. Like you could still keep the movie. The movie's fun. But I just wish people would stop trying. That's all. Right now, this way. And you're right. He, like, back when he did action and he brought in the Legion of Superheroes, he just keeps trying to, to do that. And even this with- He even Russell. had
1: John co-write, like, a run on action Ex- comics with him.
0: Exactly. And when she's with the freshly squeezed orange juice this time, and I'm like, oh my god, let it go. Like, just please. That That's all. I don't know why it, it bothers me, but it does. I-,
1: I well, okay. I get that those movies are a lot of people still to this day touchstones for who and what Superman is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But there's a lot more people that it's not. And mm-hmm. I don't think the people that hold up Superman 1 and 2 as some sort of big giant whatever it is, end-all, be-all of Superman, are reading Doomsday Clock.
0: I agree. and like
1: You're it's putting like... Easter eggs in a book for people who will never read the book.
0: I totally agree. I totally agree. And this, totally coming from, agree.
1: this coming from someone who on his professional wrestling commentary makes jokes for one pe- one person. Usually that person is someone who will never see it.
0: Right. I, I get it. I totally get it. But, you know,
2: that's all.
1: But I don't know. Uh, Doomsday Clock, issue eight. Go read it. It's a great first issue. Mm-hmm. So one of the other books that we read this past week, which isn't a great first issue, but a great issue nonetheless, Immortal Hulk number 10, uh, written by Al Ewing with art by Joe Bennett, The continuation of the battle between Banner Hulk and the newly souped-up, gamma-absorbing, absorbing absorbing man. And we left the previous issue with some uh, pretty graphic and extreme body horror. Mm -hmm. And I think that last page was so shocking that... Spoilers, a little bit. not I mean, There's a little spoiler, not going to give you the big spoiler uh, from this issue, but the little spoiler was that when Absorbing Man split in half and his head and uh, spine were sticking out, that was essentially the new ball and chain. Mm-hmm. Until uh, it didn't dawn on me when I first saw it at the end of issue 9 because the end of issue 9 was so shocking. And then in the first few pages of issue 10 where the Hulk blatantly tells us this and pun intended beats us over the head with this information. I'm like, ah, I'm on the trolley now. Mm Hmm. Uh, but yeah, this book continues to be awesome. Uh, you know, we're figuring out what the plan was and why everything is being drawn back to the original site where Banner got his powers to become the Hulk. And, Absorbing Man isn't just absorbing the gamma radiation from the Hulk, he's absorbing it from all around, and, again, yet another great cliffhanger. If there's nothing this book doesn't have going for it other than being great, which it is, is every issue has a fantastic cliffhanger.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I one hundred percent agree my take on this book is as I've, as you said when uh you have the ball and the head the head and spine like the ball and chain, which I'm one hundred percent with you. I didn't realize it until Hulk beat me over the head with it too um and all I could think of is now that you showed me the uh evil dead, I'll swallow your soul kind of a thing yes, that's kind of what I see with the skull when it's talking to uh, Hulk and I thought, you know, uh, the cover of last month with the emaciated Hulk, uh, was it last month? The Alex Ross, but man, they really drive it home. There's, there's something creepy about seeing a skin and bones Hulk that is just off-putting and then in a move that your wife would love when they shoot the Hulk in the eye and he's just got goop coming out of his eye. I'm like, this is Gross. I'm like, I'm actually like, kind of like, ugh, like when reading a, a comic book, which usually doesn't happen. So uh, kudos to Joe Bennett and Al Ewing and everything that they, you know, between story and art, the perfect meld to make Todd queasy to his stomach. Thank you once again.
1: I love Immortal. So one last book uh wasn't on the list only because it was a hectic day and I forgot to throw it in there. So I'm just going to give it kind of a brief, brief brush through Uh is the image number one called Die. And it's not a prequel to Die, Die, Die. Mm. It's just called Die written by Kieran Gillen with uh, art by Stephanie Hans, who did some of the covers for Gillen's work over at Marvel when he was doing the Journey into Mystery stuff. This is the first time that she's ever done interiors, and it looks beautiful. Uh, This, to me, a little bit harkens back only in name, recognition to Saga. Remember when Saga first came out, the slug line for it was, it's Star Wars meets Game of Thrones. And, like, mm-hmm. it wasn't that, but it was, and it's totally not that anymore. Where the slug line for this is, it's Jumanji meets Dungeons and & Dragons. And it is... But I think by saying that does the book a disservice. Okay. Um, I definitely recommend checking it out. It's about uh, group people, different walks of life, but they're all friends. They get together to play a, in this book's version of Dungeons and Dragons. They don't say that it's Dungeons and Dragons, but we all know it's Dungeons and Dragons.
0: Mazes uh, and monsters.
1: Right. Nobody's drawn to look like... Uh, Tom Hanks, or Otum Shanks, for that matter, anyway. And this essentially is... Something happens that causes them to go on an adventure. For real. Not just what they've made up in their pseudo Dungeons and Dragons. They go missing for three years. They come back. Only five of the six return... And they never speak of what happened again until 25 years later when one of the die that the person who was missing shows up in a very unexpected way. Oh, cool. It's a really cool book. And it was one of those books because there's so much stuff that comes out all the time. And I want to give a shout out to uh, my friend James who's done some of the alternate arts. For the uh, after dark episodes when we do movies, if I remember to ask him <laughs> uh but he's the one uh when this came out like that Thursday, he's like, "You really need to read this book. It's awesome, and I did, and he was not wrong. It was really awesome
0: right and in in a weird move just to knock you off your game, oh! I have a question I have a question about something else. Did you read the Defenders Hulk, and any of the other books that tie in yet? Yes, I did, okay. So that's all one through, one through story now? Well, because I read the Hulk one. And I enjoyed it, but it seemed to tie into one of the other books, whether it was a book that came out in the past or it's the book that's coming up. And I'm kind of like, oh, well, I only wanted the Al Ewing Hulk, which is going to lead into the, you know, the Al Ewing Defenders book, I guess, which I'm probably going to get. But now I want to read some of these other titles, but if they weren't as good as... You know, the, uh, the Defenders Hulk that I like and some of the other stuff that I'm like, I don't know if I want to buy all these books. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: I'm on the hook for it because I'm a sucker for the Defenders.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: the stories are not technically connected. Uh, the main connection to these is Doctor Strange. Okay. He's, if you, if you read the Hulk one, Doctor Strange is the through line. Do you remember in the Hulk issue where there was the interlude on the space station of the person as the sheet ghost? Yeah. That appears in Namor. Oh, okay. Like, that interlude continues in Namor.
0: So was that, was Namor before or at? like, if I was going to read. During. Not, dur, okay, good enough. Fair enough.
1: Like, it's the it's Namor's doing his thing. He finds, and again, we'll get into it. Uh, Namor finds another group of exiled Atlanteans. Namor decides, I'm going to bring them back to us. When he does, they say, who's to say you, Atlanteans, are the end-all, be-all of sea people? You should be asking to join us, but we don't want you to join us because you stink. Oh. Namor's like, that's not how things work. I'm Namor, so the guys like to prove... You're worth, you have to go fight this sea monster. This other, here to phone fo- uh, unknown group of Atlanteans, daughter, the king, that, that king that Namor's like, we're going to bring everyone back in. His daughter goes with Namor to help. The king is watching all as this all happens. They figure out together how to beat the monster. The guy says, Oh, this is a great way that we could learn. ...about working together, and Namor's like, it's too late for that, and Namor grabs the guy, spoilers, grabs the guy, and, like, just kind of, like, flies him up into space. Okay. And Namor's just, like, kind of, as he's bringing the guy up into space, he kind of has a moment of clarity of, like, kind of what a jerk and what a terrible person he is and has been, and decides, maybe I should just stay up here and die as well, and then... Doctor Strange shows up and says no we need you for something else.
0: Got ya. Interesting.
1: And the in, and then just like the random interlude of that same thing on the space station with the guy as the the sheet ghost.
0: Yes, the very scary ghost.
1: So again, that's going to be some sort of through line through everything. The Doctor Strange stuff is the other through line. Those two plots are going to converge to get the original defenders back together like the Defenders, it's quirky and weird, but, you know.
0: I got you. Good to know.
1: Well, that's a lot of talking about comic books that uh, weren't on the list. Oh, boy. I'm pooped. You
0: are pooped. You're a pooper.
1: Yep. So, from what we read last week, let's get into what's coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com, it's still there. Uh, and you... <laughs> Go ahead. Every Tuesday around 5.30 Eastern time or so, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get them in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you wait for the trades of mini-series so they fit in your collection better. Be forewarned and be forearmed. Know what's coming out this week. Uh, the two things that Todd and I are doing. One every year as we attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week uh, Todd has no chance of beating me with my four correct guesses above his with only three weeks left in the year but the he can hold his head high that he has spent <laughs> he has spent nearly seven hundred dollars more than me on comic books in the calendar year 2018 and the year ain't over yet pal oh it was a big week it was a big week so you started the show so you go first
0: I'm looking over your list, and is the book you're looking forward to most the Fantastic Four wedding special number one?
1: It is the Fantastic Four wedding special numero uno, just like I think that's the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week as well.
0: Actually, it is not the book I'm looking what? forward to The book in a, in a weird move that I'm looking forward to most is Detective Comics 994, The Return of Peter Tomasi to the Batman Universe.
1: Oh my there's a there's a left field pick.
0: Well, he's writing super the Super Sons book, which even though I don't know why I don't talk about it on the show just because there's weird no jumping on points. I did number issue one. Yeah, we did talk and, about number one right, but it's the book that I'm having so much fun with and Tomasi did all that really great stuff. Was that on the Batman and Robin book where it was dick and uh and Damien? That was him, right? Yes
1: and no. It was the Batman-Robin book, but it wasn't when it was Dick and Damien. When it was Dick and Damien, that was when uh Morrison was writing it.
0: Okay, yes, then it was uh Bruce and Damien. But it was and still it, really
1: good. Right,
0: it was still one of my favorite things when, like, th- there was a great thing where he, uh Batman sent the boat down the, the sewer with his dreams in it, and he's like, and I'll never forget Damien, like, He's like, don't you think that's stupid? And he's like, no, it's my boat with tree. It was like, it was a turning point. It was, Tomasi did a turning point with Damien and Batman to lighten up Batman just enough where he wasn't like grim and gritty all the time and it was family like meant more to him. And I don't know that, that, uh, Damien and Bruce time of Batman and Robin just has a place in the, you know, for me lately that i kind of like what they did with batman and him coming back to detective coming to detective i just think i want to see especially with the way i love super sons and i know that's weird with gail simone writing uh you know a fantastic four story which should be awesome but i don't know i just want to see what tomasi can do and people read adventures of super sons you will not be disappointed
1: Right, and I think Tomasi's one of those unsung, uh and again, I hate to say journeyman, but you kind of get it at DC. Like, he's one of their go-to writers who always does quality stuff, but he doesn't write, uh like, the home runs, the stuff that gets put in the front of the previews, magazines, or so on and so a, forth. A modern-day Chuck Dixon. There you go. And if you look at what he's done, like, the thing that jumps out for me is the stuff that when he was doing Green Lantern Corps alongside Jeff Johns. When Jeff Johns was doing the main Green Lantern book and Tomasi was doing Green Lantern Corps, Green Lantern Corps is a book that kind of gets overlooked because of how awesome Jeff Johns' Green Lantern book was. Right. But I think the Green Lantern Corps stuff that, like, went into, like, Emerald Warriors and all that other jazz, I think that probably holds up a little bit better, like, as an entire run.
0: I told I would wholeheartedly agree with you. Right,
1: and again, you know, like I said, he's written pretty much everyone and everything at uh, DC. So yeah, there you go. Todd throwing a curveball, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Yep. Sorry, I have my my curve is you know I have trouble with the curve, but not today.
1: And that's quite all right. And while you're over at LongBoxHeroes.com, dot com, again, still there. Uh and you wanna <laughs> check out all the stuff that we've done in the past, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of After Dark, uh the 2017 Smash Sensation, Todd and Joe have issues, all of it exists over there, uh as do episodes of Add Odds with Wrestling. Again, let's not get into buying separate URLs or hosting and all that sort of stuff. Uh you wanna help us out, of course, you could purchase anything through our store link, shirts. Pins, stickers with our fancy logo on them. But if you already have those or don't want them, you order them now. They can still get there in time for the holidays, for Christmas yes. or whatever's at the end of the year. Two weeks away, less than two weeks away.
0: Festivus.
1: Festivus, sure. Uh, you could purchase things through our Amazon click-through across the top of the page. Doesn't cost you anything extra. Gives us a little bit of kickback uh, from Jeff Bezos himself. He actually writes me the check. <laughs> In his actual ink, and uh, we go from there. And I split it up with Todd, rounded down. <sighs> Some of the notable purchases this past week uh, comic books. I always like to mention comic books. Uh, you know, I know who purchased Venom number nine, Web of Venom, Carnage Born, and Star Trek Transformers number three. Jason Kirk of Podvocacy and Wrestling on the Edge of Tomorrow. Somebody also purchased the first trade of Legion of Superheroes five years later. Uh, Somebody also purchased boy's size Aquaman pajamas. That wasn't me, I swear. No. Uh, Someone, the person who probably picked up the entire series of the USA TV show Psych a few weeks ago, they picked up the Psych Guide to Crime Fighting for the Totally Unqualified, which I think is a book compendium of the show.
0: Right. I don't think that's the same person. Because the person I thought who did psych Uh-oh. told me it wasn't him, but then that person who I thought it was told me that they got a book about psych. So I go. think those are two separate sellers or buyers.
1: Uh, somebody also purchased quick stack quick stack cups, a 12 pack of sports stacking cups for speed training. Have you ever seen those videos, Todd, of the the guys doing the the quick stacking of cups? Mm-hmm. I'm more of
0: a Philadelphia man myself uh,
1: you're not in, are you into bottle flipping you watch bottle flipping videos on the internet Todd
0: does your son
1: oh my does my son of course he does Why does all this garbage you wanna know what's going on in the world to get a seven year old but then you know
0: then I'd get arrested Joe right well, then I would get, get arrested,
1: arre- but I'm right. okay.
0: What happened? My friend told me to go get a seven-year-old. I just
1: did what he said. Do you want to know every evolution and pre-evolution of every Pokemon that ever exists? Mm-hmm. I didn't have that information in my head a year ago.
0: Now you throw out random facts about Pokemon at the comic shop. Now it's all
1: I know. <laughs> but thank you, everyone. And if I didn't name your purchase, there was a lot of purchases. And again, I thank, can't thank everyone em- enough. And uh, one, uh one special purchase that we have to talk about in After Dark. Oh, yes, we do. This is the clean show. That's right. And uh, this is my way to get people to listen to After Dark because uh, another way that you could support us is, uh, you know, if you download the show uh, through any number of the podcatchers that exist out there, uh, you can leave a review. (laughs) Even if you just click five stars, you want to write a little something. I know you've probably done it in the past, whether it be on iTunes or Stitcher or Pocket Casts or Google Play, and hey, we're on Spotify now. What? Right. So, uh again, After Dark this week tells <laughs> all the story to all of this. I
0: can't wait to hear it.
1: And another thing before we get into TV talk and Todd's art attack is, uh, Todd, we're almost at the end of the football season. Are you still making your pick your pigskin pickums? I know I am.
0: I am too and this week I picked one or two games that a lot of other people didn't pick I even picked uh the Raiders over the Steelers much to the chagrin of your co-host over at a Todds with wrestling um he you know the 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 pathetic Raiders this year the pathetic Raiders beat the uh the pittsburgh steelers and i was so happy about that but i think the the fancy gentleman was so mad that he went into radio silence after that so i couldn't tweak him and i even heard he left the comic shop early joe so he, I, he wouldn't have to see me being a Raiders fan who beat his team. That, or he just went radio silent. So spoilers on the CW crossover. But I like to think it was because of my Raiders. And you know he could make fun of my Raiders, but I I believe it was the wise man Obi Wan Kenobi who once said, "Who's more foolish, the foolish football team, or the foolish football team who loses to the foolish football team?" Oh. I think that's verbatim from obi-wan kenobi but anyway i'm just happy that my oakland raiders Raiders could trounce the local pittsburgh Steelers fans so yay for
1: todd and now uh this late in the season isn't it that if you lose to the raiders you're out of the league i think that is a rule i think that is a rule listen Steelers xfl welcome home pal they could bring
0: tommy maddox back Oh boy. The only man to to you know to get to get a Super Bowl trophy and a Super Bowl ring, and I think the big game at the end or whatever they were calling it, he won won both. Is he the multiple man? He is. He's Tommy. Yes, he's the, 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 the Madrox. Oh, so that was Madrox. What was the heck was his first name? Jamie. Jamie, Jamie Madrox, there you go.
1: Not to be be confused with Jamie Madrox of Twisted, adjacent Juggalo ICP band. Oh my goodness,
0: I can't wait for the rebuttal on A-Todds with wrestling.
1: No, we're going to try to keep his focus on wrestling, enough of this nonsense. Mm,
0: Until the XFL shows up. Until the
1: XFL shows up. Then we'll have to start another podcast.
0: Oh, the three of us. Oh, three guys from the XFL. (laughs)
1: Three guys who watch
0: football. And in a side note to a side note, several people have sent me uh, a link that we could uh, send in our resume for coaches, for things with the NFL, like the coaches or players or whatever. And I think we should put our our hats in the ring for announcing. I think we should. A three-man booth, me, you, and the fancy gentleman. Oh, that would be fantastic! In the the Scranton, whatever Rough Riders or whatever they're gonna call them,
1: the Scranton Gargoyles.
0: (laughs) Oh boy, the Scranton ten years behind the time.
1: Oh no, that's what they're gonna call the cheerleaders. They'll have to think of another name for the football team.
0: Oh, that was harsh. Anywho, (laughs) right?
1: Todd's art attack this week. We got any?
0: Yes, we do. From T-Bolt 712, he has a Spider Gwen by, uh, is it Robbie Rodriguez, who I think created the outfit for it. It's very beautiful. Once again, you're going to be breaking into T-Bolt 712's house very soon, aren't you?
1: That is correct. Uh, this is one of the pieces that I will be stealing.
0: Yep, whip and you know the spider verse stuff like he says into the spider verse it's timely and also i put up a, a todd's art attack this week um which will probably be the final piece of art that i will get in the year 2018 because time is you know cl- closing in for 2019 i don't see me getting anything else but i got a mark schultz uh hannah dundee from zenozoic tales also known as for some uh, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, you might remember it as the cartoon, but I got it in my sketchbook and lo- it was done while sitting at our local uh, comic shop. Um, I left my sketchbook there because little known fact, Mark Schultz lives in our area and he was more than nice enough to, to bang out a Hannah Dundee sketch with a, you know, a dinosaur in it. And this isn't just a sketch, ladies and gentlemen. This is, as far as I'm concerned, as I look at Mark Schultz, a illustration. A sketch doesn't do it justice, as far as I'm concerned. It's an illustration and it's beautiful.
1: I would agree. It is beautiful. You need to get Mark Schultz on, uh, social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, so that, uh, if he's got a lot of this work laid around, just to kind of tweet it out there, kind of, you know, make people aware that he's still doing stuff. Well, I
0: know he has a Facebook, but I, I don't know if he has Twitter. You know what I mean? Um and I know he teaches I think art classes. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that he's doing. He's always got something in the fire. Um like I'm usually never allowed to say anything, but uh I know, you know, cuz he's like I have this project I can't talk about it, but then like he might tell me a little bit about it. You know, like he he was writing a novel with pro with uh, illustrations a while back and he's always doing something. But uh I'm not sure what he has in the pipe. I kind of have an idea what he has in the <laughs> pipe, but uh you know hopefully soon he'll have something come out
1: right. And you know what? He's local. maybe uh whenever he's ready to make whatever announcements, maybe we'll try to wrangle him to be on this uh, here program.
0: That's true, or just to have a a wonderful interview with the wonderful Mark Schultz. maybe we can invite him to our high hop dinner. Just- mm. i'm paying no, for your-
1: just- I'm paying for your dinner, Todd. But I'll pay for Mark's. From okay, side. so it evens out in the end.
0: Yes, that's right. And I'm going to get all-you-can-eat the all you can eat pancakes, so it'll probably work out in your favor. Because one low price, and then I get filled with cakes of pan. Mm-hmm.
1: So is there anything else that we need to discuss before we get into TV talk?
0: I don't think so. I can't wait to talk about certain things in TV talk. So,
1: I could hear you rubbing your hands together.
0: Could you? Could
1: you? So, everyone, thank you very much for listening to uh, Longbox Heroes episode 428. We're going to get into some TV stuff here. So if you don't care, you didn't see, you don't want it spoiled, we bid you adieu. We'll talk to you next week. And, uh, all right, let's get into it, Todd. Let's start with The Flash. Okay. Flash episode 100. So, uh, this was an episode where the gang, not so much the Scooby gang, but, you know, the Star Labs gang come up with a plan to stop Cicada, which is essentially going to uh, several different points in Flash history and getting things to make, like, a magnet that is going to attract Cicada's dagger away from him. hmm And it's going to key moments in the Flash's life. And, of course, all of these things, they're trying their best not to interfere with the timeline, the time stream, whatever it is. But, of course, it also – it happens to be when they have the dates written on the chalkboard that it's all, like, right around the season's finales, like the dates of all the previous whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was a cute little bit. And uh Bear, Barry and Nora go together. Barry doesn't want Nora to come with her, uh, come with him. She thinks it's because – He's afraid she'll get hurt or whatever it is, but it's more so of he, Barry, doesn't want Nora to see all the horrible things that has happened in his life to make him who he is today. The kind of stuff that doesn't get put in the Flash Museum. Right. Uh So, what'd you think of this episode, Todd?
0: Um, first of all, I just want to say, you know how you said that it has all the dates on the chalkboard for, uh, like, you know, the season finale. There's a great line in an episode of Arrow with, uh, uh, detective, with the detective who was, uh, uh, Lance's, Detective Lance, the father, who used to like the, he always said he looked sweaty. Um,
1: he He looks like live action Mo (laughs) Sislak.
0: Yes. He, he always did, like, he did a great line in, like, season three of Arrow or something. He's like, oh, it's it's whatever it's whatever month that must mean that star City's about to be blown up or destroyed or is going to drop a nuke on it after a couple of seasons and it was like yep that's right it's right around now that all that stuff happens but how i like this episode this episode had tons of stuff that i that i should hate in it it had savitar which is one of my least favorite things of all time i thought Uh, zoom was, was less than stellar while it happened. Um, they go back in time, which, you know, we always talk about how they, you think they've learned that we shouldn't time travel because it messes things up. So it has all these things that I shouldn't like, but when it, when it was over, it's the best episode of flash they've done in a long time. Um, I, you know take away the savitar stuff you get to zoom and there's that moment where they have to get the the thing that has uh the the i call it the velocity nine whatever they were using to give zoom more speed and they have to go get it and they're like okay we should be cool we should be able to grab it and zoom shows up and looks at flash and he's like who's this oh wait another speedster and like not my daughter and they have to take off and you're like don't catch him i was like totally enthralled and tension and seeing that like zoom again the actor who played him and then you just anytime you have you know uh Kavanaugh playing a character and then it's Eobard who's like as far as I'm concerned like maybe he's one of his best characters there's so many of them and none of them are bad though it's just to get back to that first season where it was so good, and he's just sitting there, and he's doing the e- the Eobard character. I loved it. When it was all said and done, I was like, "This episode was so good." And then we get the tag of the ending, and I'm like, "I'm all around for this. This is as much as I shouldn't like it. I loved it." What did you think?
1: I loved it as well. Hmm? Uh, my only lament about this episode was that Flash. Got to do the episode where not only they go back in time, but they also play the song back in time from Back to the Future.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Even though, you know, because Biff Tannen is on Legends of Tomorrow. And <laughs> mm-hmm. just keep in mind, I watched this before I watched Legend of Tomorrow. So when they did that, I got hot. I'm like... How dare you steal this perfect scenario where you could do this thing, where you go back in time, you play the song, you make the Back to the Future reference, where you have the guy from Back to the Future on the other show. Boy, I I hope they give something a little bit better to Legends of Tomorrow. We'll get there. We'll get there.
0: Right, I just want to say, I don't know if Legends would do that, because that would seem too wonky or over-the-top, Joe, for that that show as it is right now. I don't know. That just might be too much, and that doesn't seem like Legends of Tomorrow's style. But as you say, we'll get there, Joe. (laughs) We'll get there. We'll
1: get there. Um, Now, the other thing, so like I said, that was my thing watching the show. The other thing, as you mentioned how good the episode was, directed by Tom Kavanaugh himself. He's like a triple threat. And I again, you... I, I am I gonna have to tweet to him? Hang on. During mm-hmm. the show. Bother this poor man. I'm gonna tweet at him. Tom. Kavanaugh. There he is. <laughs> okay. Okay, I think he may not be much on Twitter these days. He hasn't tweeted since May of uh May of this year.
2: Great well, the time.
1: job all around on this week's
0: Flash. Last week's Flash. This week's
1: flash. Oh, last no. on, on last week's flash.
0: Yeah, the one you directed. Right because we're not doing the the crossover, because that was on Sunday. Right. And then, oh, wibbly wobbly timey-wimey.
1: Acting. Directing. Is there anything? I'm texting like they do in the movies, where you're talking about what you're saying.
0: I'm fine. I'm riveted.
1: Is there anything you can't do? Question mark. Maybe podcast guest question mark. Whoa. Call me.
0: <laughs> Slide into my
1: DMs. Like son. he has, like he has my number, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's all. Yeah. Tom Cavanaugh's the man. Uh, and again, he, there's been episodes in the past where he's got to play multiple goofy kind of like one-off roles.
0: You mean um, the Australian, oh. uh, guy with all the prosthetics on his face Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: who just had had like a tube in his neck (laughs) yeah and he speaks with an australian accent but then in this episode where he gets to kind of go back and revisit different iterations of himself Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and pulls it off with like such greatness
0: yeah, and I discussed this with 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 Adam. There's that great scene where they they're at Star Labs when they're going to turn on the particle accelerator, and he's running through the thing, and kind of uh, Wells slash Eobard can feel him running, and he's like, "Let me go in the back room here," and he's like, "Nope, nope, there's nothing here," and they hide in a little Gideon room, and Vibe comes out and he's talking to him, and he's like. I feel good things. And he, and he shakes his hand, like, in a weird way, and I don't mean it in a bad way, where he kind of mimics the hand movement to, to kill him with the hand in the chest. Uh huh. And he's like, I predict big things. And like, right now, I just have goosebumps. I, I marked out, I'm like, this is so good. He, and then you
1: cut. He you, says, he goes, Cisco, I have a vibe about you. <laughs> oh, and anybody else would have crushed that, that line.
0: He says it with diabolical, but kind of love, and you're like, oh my god. And then when we see him in the, like with the 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 time the Flash went back, and was you know chained to the desk of Eobard, and they're talking, and this other Flash shows up, and he's losing his stuff again because he's realizing he's not going to get back to the to the future, and I'm like, my god, we went from like Wells uh Eobard to like Eobard Eobard like there's all these different iterations of that same character and he's crushing it on everything he does and I'm just I just love it and then that's when uh, oh and I want to tack on to something else when we get there that's where we find out that Nora didn't know that he killed Barry's mother which will come into play in a little bit but I love when he walks she walks in and he's like who's this and he's like oh is this this so and so he says, oh, uh, Jesse, which is Jesse Quick, uh, who's uh, Wells' daughter. And he goes, or maybe it's Jesse Lawrence, who in the comic, I think her, her married name was that or whatever. It's, it's kind of weird. And then he mentions another Danica somebody who's from the Justice uh, League Unlimited universe, like the comics stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, another Easter egg. And then he's like, no, no, this is your daughter, isn't it? Dawn. And he goes, Nora. And he's like, Nora, cute. Well, at least you still have one left and, and Barry's like, what? He's like, we're not going into that. And I'm like the tornado twins. Yep. Her name was Don before it was Nora. I'm like, is all this throwaway or is this as me as a flash fan things to come? Do you know what I mean? I'm I, as stupid as that sound, I was riveted. And then when it's all said and done, she, Nora's going to send a message to someone and she's like, send all this off, but I'm going to personally take this message. And she runs into the future and you find out that somehow she's in league with Eobard or, you know, in talks with Eobard in the future, but she never knew about her kill, him killing Barry's mother, which I think is going to change everything which with the cw crossover coming up i don't think we're going to get any of that in the next episode so we have to wait i think this is the mid-season finale i don't think there's the crossover i don't think there's anything after that until uh like after christmas and stuff right right
1: And i think we should have mentioned here of course the elseworlds thing is going on the flash episode was on sunday the arrow episode was on monday and the supergirl episode was on as we were recording this so, unfortunately, you know, we're going to take care of all those three in one fell swoop because there is no Legend of Tomorrow next week. There is no Doctor Who next week. And right. you are correct. Um With these shows all hitting their mid-season breaks, they're not coming back for another month. They don't come back until the second week of January.
0: Okay, cool. So, yeah. So, I know it's going to make a few people sad, but we're going to do the crossover in one, like you said, one giant, you know, thing. So,
1: Right. So, let's get into Doctor Who. I guess this is the season finale outside of the New Year's episode.
0: Yes, this is the season finale.
1: And then Twitter told me that there's not going to be any more new Doctor Who after that for another like year.
0: That's right. There will. Obviously, since the the New Year's Eve they get away with it because it's not I don't know if it's New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. I think it's on New Year's Day. So, there will be one episode in 2020. Maybe, but then there won't be any more. They won't film until 2000, uh, or 2019. There won't, there won't be any new episodes other than the one. So we won't see something new until 2020 after that, which I think is just crazy, but there's your British TV schedule. It's happened before it'll happen again.
1: I don't so you know why that me. was a news story. I, I just assume that's the way things always go when it comes to these British TV shows it doesn't
0: because uh during the 12th doctor there was a whole a whole year but it was a christmas episode and then another christmas episode that's all we got and uh there was one with the with Tennant who he only did a couple of specials cuz he was doing uh like plays and stuff like that but usually the, for the most part doctor who there was a, a season every year but it's getting weird now and i i don't like it i especially coming off this year having a full season last year, there wasn't really a whole season. And now next year there won't, it'll be like whole year without anything, a season. And now another year without anything. That's to me is just too much.
1: Oh, uh, well, you always have what thousands of back episodes to watch. Yes. Yes. We, we could start from the beginning if you'd like, Joe. Nah, that's okay. All right. So uh let's, Uh, so again, let's talk about this episode of Doctor Who, uh, I'm going to give it the short shrift, uh, only cause it was okay. Uh, it's the return of Tim Shaw from the first Mm -hmm. episode of the season. Right. Um, he is tricking some people into making them believe that he is a bigger deal than he actually is.
0: He's their God.
1: He's their God. He's using them to get revenge on the planet where he encountered the doctor And Graham essentially said, and there's the the main crux of this is if given the opportunity, because uh, Tim Shaw killed Graham's wife, will Graham kill Tim Shaw?
0: Right. I think the breakout star of this episode is Graham with his like, you know, low key, like, yeah, I'm going to kill him. There's no anger. There's no he's just like, this is a fact. And I'm not getting worked up about it, Doctor. If I get the shot, I'm taking it. I think that was the brilliance of his performance
1: in doing it. I really thought they were going to kill Graham off this episode.
0: Really? I didn't think they were doing that, but that's interesting.
1: Right. It was just kind of the way that he was, like, talking about that he was going to kill Tim Shaw. And I I was like, well, there's going to be a part, especially when they're freeing all those people from those weird honeycomb pods.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: that something was going to happen where it's like oh we need someone to hold the door a little bit longer and graham sacrifices himself to save all these other people and maybe one of them being tim shaw or me like you know what i mean like it was just like a, a an initial thought off the top of my head and then i'm like I oh got, okay yeah. i see where they're going with this
0: mm-hmm. um i like the fact that uh that they, you see a little bit of it, like you see like the doctor's little rules and occasional hypocrisy when she's like, okay, we're doing this, this and this. Um, let's grab some grenades and this and that. And she's like, it's like, we don't use weapons. And he's like, well, I use weapons if, if, if we can use them on anything that can be rebuilt. Right. If it could be she's rebuilt. Like, yes. Right. Like walls and desks and whatever. And that's what it comes down to. And in the past, there's been a few people who, who've made Who've brought it to her, the doctor's attention that the doctor uses companions as weaponizes companions. Like, you don't like to get your hands dirty too much. So sometimes you'll use the, the companions. No, know, knowing or not knowing that maybe they'll go off script and, and do something horrible. So you never have to deal with it again. And there's some am, ambiguity there. But for the most part, the doctor doesn't, you know, go down the dark you know road but i did like that a little bit of that was explained especially for you and then she's like well what about the sniper bots?" she's like you wouldn't let me shoot them it's like you were new it was like right out of the gate and and i'm like okay so there's all these like little tweaks to her rules that she'll do and i and i kind of like like i said you getting to see how the doctor
1: can be Right, and again, we're kind of giving it the short shrift a little bit. It was a good episode. I thought the season was good. This was the first time that I've watched Doctor Who for, like, the season in which it exists
2: Mm -hmm.
1: in its entirety and its completeness. Mm -hmm. And I know, I guess, this is being decried by the fan base that this wasn't a good season or something. But, again, having really nothing else to compare it to other than a couple episodes here and there, I thought this was good. You know, I didn't feel as though my time was wasted. Uh,
0: fair enough I know that there are a lot of fans uh, who are decrying it like you said I remember some doctors who weren't so good this isn't the worst thing i ever seen I enjoyed it it wasn't my favorite I don't think the highs hit the highs of past, uh, you know, uh, modern doctors, you know, cl- comparing classic and modern two different animals. Um, so I, like I enjoyed it. I don't think it's as bad as everybody says. I see how it's different, but in different and good ways. Like, like just to say like the doctor calling Graham, Yaz and Ryan, her family and not companions. That's different. There's so there, there are differences, but there's differences in the doctor as he regenerates or she regenerates. So I get it. I just think there's a lot of garbage thrown towards this for no reason. And, uh, I'm not, it's getting ratings, So I don't know, you know, like whatever, as long as I enjoy it as a doctor who fan, that's all i can really that's all i can really discuss i can't discuss anybody else's feelings
1: exactly i enjoyed it so so uh, oh mm-hmm. go ahead
0: i said are we going to discuss the uh, new year's episode when it comes out too or
1: Ah, uh, yeah you just got to remind me that it exists you know i w-
0: i will i will I'll, I'll i'll just bombard your twitter with reminders mm-hmm. but now what do we have anything left to talk about anything todd what
1: Mid season finale <laughs> of quite possibly the greatest TV show of all time. Now this says, "Oh my god, <laughs> I'm I'm glad that we're sitting down."
0: Right. Oh my goodness. Are you okay? Did you pull do something not, thinking about not. this show?
1: So we're going to be talking about Legends of Tomorrow, Todd. Right. Uh, as we talk about. Uh, The Flash, and the time travel, and all that sorts of stuff. The broad strokes of this episode is... uh, The grouping of Constantine, Charlie, and Zari decide... um, Things have gone awry, and we need to fix the, the Legends... And it's them trying to do all these different things... And all these different ideas without john having to face up to his own failings
0: right killing his boyfriend
1: okay there's your bare bones of this this week's plot okay right now let's get into everything else
0: mm-hmm.
1: now todd i i took notes okay i, I believe half, you did i took a half a page of notes on this episode Mm-hmm. now we could start did you look by the way of what the title of this week's episode was I did, but give it to the listeners. Okay, this week's episode's title is Legends of To Meow Meow. Fantastic, Joe. So uh the show starts off with uh, Charlie uh, going back to, what, 60s Las Vegas, I guess, to regroup up with the rest of her crew, one of them who is a leprechaun.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and he's using his leprechaun magic to win at gambling, she shapeshifts herself into someone wearing a bad Marilyn Monroe wig.
0: What bad wig? Doesn't make
1: sense. And all of a sudden, Todd, come busting into the room, <laughs> is the custodians of chrono- chronology.
0: Of the chronology.
1: Of the chronology. So it's... uh,
0: Mick, it's Nate...
1: Mick, right. And Ray. McNate and Ray. And they show up. Are they Rambo? Are they the A-Team? Are they the Guardians of the Galaxy? Todd, they're all of it. Oh. And, oh, like, and Karima's put- with them as well.
0: Oh, yeah, that is true. And, Joe, as I put out on Twitter, Ray uh, Ray in the nod to the Adam Cray Suicide Squad outfit, I'm like, if you can't see it, you're blind. That's the way I look. And the fact, I keep saying, the fact that I know that hurts my soul. But I was, I just, uh, Joe, I believe the word is, is it popped? Am I using it correctly? Yes. Um I'm I i I'm like, ah, oh, my God, <laughs> in, that, in that outfit. The dumbest thing in the world I went crazy for. Oh, my God. So
1: fun. So they are now in a shoot-to-kill sort mm-hmm. of thing. And the reason for this is is because when they went to Woodstock, the unicorn killed Sarah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They're, they're not giving these magical creatures any sort of leeway. Shoot-to-kill. hmm So this is bad news. Charlie and Constantine have Zari and – or er, no – um Sorry, uh with her being the shapeshifter. Constantine and Zari are there. Charlie is still a cat. Constantine no, Zari's the timeout. Zari's the cat, Charlie's the shapeshifter. Okay. Backtrack it, reverse it. Mhm. Zari is a cat. They could both speak cat and understand everything that she's saying. Right. So they decide Uh, they are going to, they need to figure out a plan to fix this. They're going to go back to that point to make sure that Sarah doesn't get killed by the unicorn. In doing so, uh, they turn Zari from the cat back into a regular person. And she immediately says, you dicks. Mm -hmm. And then coughs up a hairball and says, you don't know where this tongue has been. Right. Todd, we're four minutes into the episode. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: And so they decide we're going to go to the time bureau and figure out what's going on. Uh, Charlie poses as Gary, so we get some double Gary stuff happening happening up a little bit later. They recruit Ava, who is wearing a fantastic bad wig. She's emo now. She's emo and has two fantastic lines. One, the Indigo Girls are good music, but not a way of life. <laughs> uh And then she also says, while they're trying to explain the plan to her, she says, I don't need to hear about this timey-wimey crap. And, oh, when she, oh, And but... never has words that echo my sentiments of life been spoken so clearly.
0: <laughs> when she dropped the timey-wimey, I'm like... Oh, Joe's going to have a field day with this.
1: Joe's going to have a field day with this. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So they get in the jump ship. They blow up the unicorn. Unicorn doesn't kill Sarah. Everything's fine. No. They go back to the time bureau. And now (laughs) Sarah is there with Ava, now called Roundhouse, and Gideon, who has now taken human form as Hard Drive, and they are the Sirens of Space Time.
0: And, oh my God, Joe, let's just say I I may have really enjoyed the Sirens of Space Time. For some reason, I can't put my finger on it.
1: And was it because it's the Charlie's Angels knockoff? Oh,
0: maybe it was just, yes, super sexy all around.
1: So I want to say this. We didn't really hang on it too much when they did the A-Team-esque opening for the Uh, custodians of the chronology Mm -hmm. and when they do the charlie's angels ripoff for the sirens of space time i don't know with this show if the bad costumes and special effects in those two scenes were supposed to be a kitschy throwback to those shows or Mm -hmm. was the show being super serious i don't know i can't tell todd it's become so like it's it's a snake eating its tail. I don't know what's happening anymore. So what they end up finding out is, is that the fairy godmother ended up killing all the guys on the team. So now we've got to go back to the time where they battled the fairy godmother, the you know, the blue fairy from Cinderella sort of thing, back during the Salem Witch trials, which the Doctor Who season this season attempted to do a parody of not so well. Mm-hmm. Um And what they need to do is they need to break the bond with the fairy godmother and the girl. So Charlie shapeshifts as the fairy godmother, says you need to act more proper. One of the things that she tells her she has to do is eat her broccoli, and that's enough to sever the bond.
0: Oh, my God. But (laughs) everything should be fine now, right? But no, because now Rory has bonded with... <laughs> the fairy godmother and they're out just robbing, you know, uh you know, security uh, uh money trucks and everything. I'm like, "Oh my god, this just keeps getting better and better
1: and better." Oh, so then they go onto the time ship and everyone who's left in the pi- oh and the reason for this is Rory goes off with the fairy godmother. Everyone else is left back on the time ship and they're all puppets. Literal very poorly constructed puppets. And again, with the show, Todd, I don't know if this was a funny joke or the best puppets they could make with the budget constraints <laughs> they have. Either way is fine, but I can't tell the difference anymore
0: that's the best art joe but when they're doing the puppets of tomorrow intro and they're you know it's two people fighting over a sandwich and sarah karate chops it in half and then they come on board and it's like what the heck is going on and they're like today we learned about and i'm like I shut down at that point. I just couldn't stop laughing. And then Zari's, you know, on the timeship, like as this sarcastic puppet, like, am I still a puppet? Why Why am I a puppet? I'm like, I can't breathe at this point, Joe. I'm like, we are so over the top and back around. It's, it's ridiculous.
1: So finally they figure out, we can't go back to all of these other things. We have to go back to the point where John and the guy that he met in New Orleans, we need to go back and make sure that happens. Mm -hmm. Because the whole thing that's holding everything together isn't all of these one little bits. It's them getting John to join the Legends of Tomorrow.
0: Plus Charlie being there to change their minds about murdering. Because without that... Magical creatures, yes. Right, we don't get Charlie on the team, which she changes the way they look at you know, magical creatures that they don't have to be shot on sight and everything that they, some are just mischievous. And so it's all there. And I love the whole thing when you have the three different Johns trying to, you know, talk to his boyfriend and they do that age old trick whenever you have, when you have super, you know, tricky time travel and or alternate dimensions of people, you have to do the one thing is different. Like the original John who goes out to get the omelets, is going out and he just has the, the pants and the white button down shirt and the sunglasses. He goes, that's his costume. So now the one that comes to ruin it with the boyfriend that set this storyline in motion, this crack timeline, he's, In the pants with the button down shirt, but now he has the red tie, Joe. That's how you know it's not the first guy. So when the John who realizes the other two Johns have messed everything up, he shows up. He's like, Hey, I'm in my pants, my white shirt and the tie, but now I have the raincoat. So there's no confusion which John you're watching. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is fantastic. I love these little, like those little things. And that, and one of the great things about that is, uh, Mick and Rory are showing up because there's a time thing goes off and there's three Johns and once again because they spent all that money on puppets and the effects on all the intros to the TV shows Ray shows up in his costume <laughs> which consists of a glove like that's all we got left in the tank <laughs> is, is we can afford Mick's gun and a gauntlet and I'm like oh my god what's happening to
1: this show Oh. The show is awesome. And, oh, we also forgot to mention, of course, uh, when the boys are the custodians of the chronology, mm-hmm. and they come back to the time ship, and Gideon tells them that they missed phone calls from Barry oh. Allen, Kara uh, <laughs> Zor-El, and, and Oliver Queen. <laughs> and Nate says, oh, sounds like it's the annual team-up crossover event. Hard pass. And I'm like, oh, my God. This show.
0: This show gives zero craps anymore, Joe. And the whole thing, anytime Charlie impersonates, like, shapeshifts into one of the other actors on the show. So now, obviously, because spoiler alert, Joe, Charlie can't actually shapeshift. So they have to, you know, they have the actor playing themselves, being, you know, shapeshifted by Charlie. So, like, Lance is like, Sarah's just like, I'm your captain. Come into the, and the, the her, Sarah, the actress who plays Sarah Lance doing a crappy version of Sarah Lance or Gary doing a, you know, a shape-shifting crappy version of Gary. I'm cracking up. I'm like, because you know these actors love the chance to play it that way and when gary's fooling the, the shapeshifter's fooling gary with well i know all this stuff there's a shapeshifter on the loose to be looking out for him and, and and shapeshifting gary's like i know i know and gary's like huh because i'm from the future wink and i'm like this, this can't get any better and it just kept getting better joe
1: so Uh, just like we had mentioned during the bulk of the show, read just issue 8 of Doomsday Clock, and if you can, just watch this episode of Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, again, there are things, you know, might be a little lost, but I think they do a really good job, but it's more so, there is no better episode that gives you the full feel of the zaniness of this show. Mm Mm-hmm. Now the other thing is as we had mentioned before, um you know, Flash doesn't come back until the second week of January. Uh Legend of Tomorrow according to IMDb doesn't come back until the middle of April. Mm-hmm. And the title of the return episode Todd, <laughs> right, is Lucha De Apuesta, which is a mask versus which is mask versus mask in the vernacular of Lucha Libre. <laughs> oh
0: my god. I <laughs>
1: I both love this and hate this already, <laughs> Joe. They have another episode titled coming up this season called "Seance Sensibility. Oh. Uh The eggplant, the witch, and the wardrobe. Mm. And uh, then I think that's the uh, end of what they have up on the old IMDb.
0: Right. They don't want to give. They don't want to give it all away for right. free, Joe. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Wigs, time travel, puppets, sandwiches full-on gauntlet costumes did they did they spare anything joe
1: if this doesn't get nominated for some sort of television award i don't know what we like what, like just stop making tv shows now uh,
0: it has the coveted todd nod joe uh, the coveted it's been, it's been todd. a while since something's gotten the todd nod this got several todd nods <laughs> both for writing directing acting effects
1: no, oh. I, I will say this, uh, you know, with what we have on the show, talking about the TV shows and stuff, and we have, like, about a month off between not watching anything, I don't know what we're going to fill the show with. Probably nothing for that month. You know, we'll sure, take we'd, the,
0: like a, we'd like a break every now and then.
1: Right, uh, but I will say this, probably between now and the time that we, uh, the you know, we get back to TV talk in the middle of January, I'm probably going to watch this episode again.
0: I would I, – there's got to be stuff that we missed, like, because we were all over the place, but yes.
1: I'm going to go to uh, the CW site to see if they have, like, some sort of, like, featurette behind the scenes, some sort of jazz on this.
0: I, well, can you imagine – that there should, there should be a two-hour documentary on the DVD when it comes out on this episode alone.
1: On this episode alone, I'll get a Blu-ray player for this and uh, the – vinegar syndrome's release of the children those mm. are the two blu-rays i'll own <laughs>
0: and i think the cat should get some props who played cat zari yeah oh with it's like with its acting where it put a little paw in john when he was all sad i was like
1: or when the cat was piling to the ship
2: oh yes
1: and hitting the, <laughs>
0: the cats like where do we they're like where do we go boop beep boop boop and i'm like the cat's this is the best this is the absolute best right uh, but I did think that a Biff was going to give it all away that he was you know kind of like cr- keeping the creatures mm-hmm. but he didn't to, 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 to Charlie Gary like, there's that moment he's like, oh, everything's going wrong. And I thought he was going to be like, don't you know that we're here to steal the – and I was like – because I thought it would have been a good slash bad place to just dialogue what – you know, th- that he's the bad guy or yeah. something. So – but they didn't do it. So I was like, oh, okay. You didn't spill all the beans. So we'll see what happens.
1: Just a few. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think that covers everything.
0: I don't think we could, could ever cover all of that Legends tomorrow of Tomorrow episode, but we came close.
1: I think we did a serviceable job. I do, too. All right, everyone. So for episode 428 of Longbox Heroes, for Todd, this is Joe saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you all here next week.
0: Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boop!
1: here. Mr. I'm not sick anymore, but I love taking my white medicine. You have to say it. They can't see you shaking your head. It's your favorite. Do you know what the name of the medicine is? It's called delicious. So he's not talking, but he's going to have to, to do his football picks. We got six right last week. And this is like only like three. I know that's what I said. People were accusing. They're like, oh, there was one game that the only, like, person in the world who picked it right was you. For real? Yeah, and they were really really happy about that. They can't see you if you do your orange justice dance. I know, I know, I know. All right. All right, so Ace is going to do his picks. He has to get closer to the microphone so people can hear him. This one.
0: Chiefs. Jets. Ber- oh, wait. Broncos. Falcons. Bengals. Dolphins. Cowboys. Buccaneers. Lions. Packers. Um, Jaguars. Giants.
1: I like when you say Giants,
0: of course. <laughs> Seahawks. Steelers. Eagles. Sticks.
1: Saints? All right. Go get that homework done. Thanks, everybody.